Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. So first up, accessibility with regard to race courses. This all brought about because Debbie Matthews recently, who's um, been quite open about her mental health issues, uh, Fergal O'Brien's been, been very forward in, in helping her with that. And she went to see Altior, the, the Clarence House, went to see him at, uh, at home as well, and then went to Cheltenham with the Go Racing in Green uh, banner yesterday about approachability. Now, this is great, Richard, and, and this is really a, a celebration of this story. But as far as accessibility goes, is this what race courses should be doing more of? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's a real bugbear for me, accessibility, and the focus being on the horse. So many places, when I used to go racing as a kid, you used to be able to go out and stand by fences. If I want to take my kids, I want to park by a fence, I want them to be able to run around, kick a ball between races. Too often now, race courses don't allow you to those old areas. You can't park where you used to. The centre of the course is closed apart from family days. But families need areas away from the crowds. And if you're going to invite people to music nights, you've got to allow them out onto the course. Cheltenham managed to cope with thousands of people going out for the cross-country race at the festival. If they can do it, there's got to be health and safety reasons why everybody else can do it. And it's really nice that some racing yards have picked up on the Altior story and invited Debbie in. My kids, 11 and 7, they love sports where they can get close to the people. That's one of the real pluses for racing. Owen Morgan spent five minutes with them at a T20 at Richmond, and they absolutely loved it. Then they saw him back for England. I first met Richard Dunwoody when he fell off in front of me when we were both 17 at Font, when we walked back together. First jockey I ever spoke to. Mm. You really need to make racing more open. The attendances are going down, and it's because we're not making the horse enough of the part of the day. And in some ways, the, the, the great thing about the mental health debate we've seen growing prominence in racing re recently is that it, it allows for, for chances like this. And racing, I think, mental health-wise, has embraced it, which is why we're seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, that part of it is extremely important. But also, I think, in terms of actually encouraging... You know, you want to see a horse take off there, land over there, that moment of quiet before they brush to the top of the fence. That's what gets people blood up. Uh, James Ewart has said recently on, on This Racing Life, this is a, about ground, not necessarily to do with the ground that we're, we're... Well, it is to do with the ground we're currently racing on, but also about racecourses being able to provide a good, safe ground at the entry stage, uh, you know, easier ground than, than perhaps we've, we've had of late. I suppose, Ollie, it's difficult for racecourses, given some facilities that they do and, and don't have, depending on the racecourse. But would you always prefer to be able to, to, to enter a horse on ground with soft in the going description because it means then there's a bit of manoeuvrability if it does dry up to, as to whether you're going to run the horse. The only thing I'd say is, is watered ground is the most unsafe ground. Um, plenty of us are training horse in the summer. Horse want good ground. Um, natural ground is the most safe ground, whether it's quick, soft, what it is. But when they start putting water on these tracks, especially if, if ground's very quick in the, in the summer and you have to put that amount of ground, that amount of water on to make the ground slow... I think that's when, uh, when, when problems start. Well, I think Doncaster had, I think Doncaster had watered <coughs> yesterday and, and, and some, I think, found it was slightly different ground to that which we were anticipating. When we get unseasonable weather like this, Richard, it, it's not easy for racecourses, is it? But would, would you be... Would you be loath to suggest that, that, that racecourses water at the, at the entry stage to ensure safe ground? Would you rather let the, the, the weather do its natural thing? Uh, to be honest, not all racecourses can, because, for example, Newbury, they can't water between December and February. You've only got so much water in small reservoirs. If you use it all up and it doesn't rain, you're going to have even faster ground the next time. I think it's nice in theory. I don't think it necessarily works in practice. Ollie's dead right when, of course, has been watered and it then rains on the day. Cheltenham can fall victim to that. Mm. They try very hard. They don't have many meetings to start on good to good to soft. But then if it rains, Ollie, on the day, all of a sudden it becomes really loose and goes deep really quickly. No one's forced to run horse. The ground's quick. You don't have to run, so... 
have you been at a stage here, given the, the weather conditions we had, you've been entering horses that you you think that it's just there's, there's essentially no chance we're going to run here, but we'll just enter just just in case. Of course, of course you do. We're all in the same boat. It's, it's it's no different for Joe Bloggs than it is to me, to Paul Nichols and Mickey Henderson. So. We're in the same boat. Mm. I mean, it, it has been a testing time, we know that. But as Patrick Mullin said, some horses are, are making full effect of it because some horses want this decent ground, so they have benefited from that. Uh, relating to this recent weather, we talked to, to Patrick Mullins about this and, 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 and horses' health. Bugs-wise, I need to find... There's some wood. Touch it. You've been all right so far, haven't you, Bugs-wise? But it, it is that time of year, and we seem to get it. We talk of uh, needing a frost to kill the bugs to ensure horses are healthy. Yeah, no, it's been an extraordinary winter, um, Tom. We were minus four three days ago with... 10 degrees yesterday morning, trying to get the right rugs on horses that they're not sweating in the morning or too cold. It's, it's, it's very tricky, but again, we're all in the same boat. Um, if you like the healthy horse, you can't win races, so we're all working hard to keep them healthy, and um, yeah, it's been tough this, uh, this winter. I know it's not, as yet, it's not happened, I don't even want to say as yet, it's not happened where you are at Warren Chase at the moment, but in your experience within yards, when it does happen and horses get unwell, how um, disparaging is it for everyone, and how much can, can you do to control it at home? I suppose fresh air is the, is the big thing, keeping places healthy. All my barns are very high and have, have great ventilation. Um, we try and get a horse out as much as we can, but it's not easy. Again, coming back to staff, um, if you've good staff now, dipping bridles, disinfecting things, um, keeping horses warm, um, yeah, you have to be very careful, and um, it's, it, it is a big problem if it... Um, as, as it happened to Philip Hobbs last year, it, mm. um, it shows it's going to be a big problem. Yeah, I mean, yards of, of all size and stature, it can happen. And I suppose in particular, when you are one of the... If you are a smaller yard and it happens, and, and you let's say you have downwards of 40 horses in the yard and you get a few sick, it, it, I mean, it, it can be a very difficult time. Yeah, well, again, would go far better than me, but owner pressure, presumably, when you know they're not quite over them, but you're under pressure to have a run, they're paying a lot of money for them to be standing... In, in the barn, it must be very, very difficult. And I haven't noticed in cycles of trainer form being any better or worse this year, but there's no doubt if you follow that, that's a major part. Ben Pauling, for example, classic example of a yard that's now absolutely flying, having had a quiet spell. There's no doubt you get peaks and troughs, and I think the danger is if you run them in the troughs, it can take a long time to get them back to the peaks. Mm. And you wouldn't be afraid. Well, actually, we see it now, I think, more than ever we used to it. In January time of year, sometimes trainers will just take their foot off and say, we're, we're going to have a quiet January. It's a nice time to do a mid-season break. Yeah, it's a long year, and, and January's a horrible month in, in, in general. So yeah, That was a brilliant know. answer to a question. You had three seconds to answer. <laughs> uh, I might not put one to you that close. Again, good stuff. Uh, shoeing regulations, yes, the, the BHA are going to put this back now. They said that um, um, horses should be shod, well, they, they should have hind shoes, basically. They have to in races. Now, they put this back for a minimum of six months. I think it was due to come in on February the 1st. But because of outcry from some traders, Mick Eastry was one of them who basically said, look, I'm not running my, my horses in hind shoes. Um, but do, you, do all your horses run fully shod? Yes, they do. Um, I think if you ask 99 out of 100 jockeys, they'd all prefer horses shod behind. Um, it's not a big problem in my life and, and I can see why it's uh, it's driving a few people mad but uh, yeah it's um, it, won't, it won't be a problem to me. I can't sort of fully understand it because I don't not around horses not from a horsey background but are there some horses because their confirmation a lot of the trainers were saying you know they're more inclined to strike into themselves and so if you like you'd want dispensation or do you not buy that? I think it's rubbish. Gordon Elliott trains 250 horses every horse runs the iron shoes on but I can't send it to be honest. So do you feel that the trainers that were involved were consulted enough? Were you consulted enough before these were brought in? Because that's the other uh, accusation that's been sort of levelled. Yeah, do you know what? I don't look, I haven't looked into it enough, but Roger Varian, Stout, Gordon Elliott, Willie Mullins, they all run them in hind shoes. It's, they can't all be wrong. And the, the NCF have come out and said, well, we needed to be consulted on this, and that's why the, the delay has been put into place, because 
there are some that don't want to do it. And, and But having said that, it, it's not as if a decision has come out of nowhere, Richard. There has been statistical analysis which say that it, it's not as safe if you run them without hind shoes yeah. because they can slip going into it. And, and the, the numbers of fallers and unseats, I think, has increased because of the fact that some don't run in hind shoes. Yeah, I must admit, again, I, when I call, I don't notice that on a regular basis. I have to admit, the, the point that some trainers are making, it's fair to put it, is that you know the welfare aspect for certain horses is actually more dangerous for them to run in shoes because they can strike into themselves um, than not. And that's what's been put forward. I have no idea about how valid that is. It's interesting that Ollie doesn't believe that and buy that, but that's the argument that's been put forward, I think. And I suppose, as you quite rightly say, the difficulty has been that not necessarily that a decision was, was brought in at the time it was, but more that the NTF considered they weren't consulted on it, and therefore it's been put back, and it, 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 it's just left a, a bit of a sour taste with regard to the decision, but I'm sure they'll, they'll come to a full decision on it. We have got next uh, the Windops one year on. Yes, of course. I was in this seat 12 months ago. My my yearly stint when Mr Luck uh, <laughs> goes off to, to, to America. And, and um, I think it, then it was it, it was it had just come in, the wind-up situation, saying that, that it was always going to have a W1 in the paper. Um, how successful has it been? Warren Greatrace has been very positive about it. Look, I think there's two ways of doing this. First of all, punters are entitled to the information, or that's the decision that was taken, and that's correct. But... Just when a horse wins after its wind of, or first-time blinkers, or first-time cheek pieces, or first-time visor, we all jump on the easy thing and say, oh, that's what made the difference. You know, how fantastic. What we don't say is the other five or six that get beaten on a regular basis that finish 10th that we never talk about. Wind ops haven't proved the road to riches, as was said there. But is it right that punters have the information? I think it is, and I'd like to see that extended to horse weights, to sectional times. Make of it what you will, but at least the information's out there. But there are many wind ops, Ollie, aren't there? And that's part of the problem. Yes, there are. Um, it's been very successful for me. I've given horses a lot of wind ops in the last six or eight months, more so than I did when I started out training. Um, I agree that the, the, the punter should know the horse had a wind op. I've fallen fell to, to the rule once. I, I forgot to declare a horse had a wind op. Um, a complete mistake in the office. What's but, the penalty? Um, fine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I slap on the wrist. I, I won't do it again. Um, and that is, I mean, that's any procedure, be, be it what it may, on the wind, you have to declare. That's it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to declare what wind up it had and, and when it had it. So I think it's a good rule. Um, everyone knows where everyone stands, and um, I think everyone's, everyone's happy enough with it. And I suppose what you can't declare is how successful it's been. A, because you, you... I mean, do you not know how successful it's been until the horse actually runs in a race? I don't think you really know until the second or third run, to be honest. I think it might take a horse a, a run or two to, to, to realise it can breathe and, and things aren't so, so hard. It's useful as well when you get a second wind up, which we're seeing now. A few horses having their second wind up, you know that's a recurring problem, and that might be more of an issue for punters to steer clear of those. Yeah, mm. you can generally only tweak a wind up now as well the second or third time. It's, once you've done it once, now you're only tweaking a, a problem. Uh, weight issues, not on the racetrack here, but um, it came out recently um, uh, that Team Godolphin have, have, have put a note up at home saying that um, ten, st- I think it's ten stone six and a bit, and I cut fifty-seven kilos. I'm we'd struggle, on, Tommy, and me. Oh, yeah, we would be, we would struggle. I'm shifting uncomfortably but in it, my chair. It's, here. it's essentially ten and a half. You, I tell you what, never have two guests been eyeing those quite croissants <laughs> so eagerly, uh, but. I mean, what about this at home? Because the, the worry is that it's going to encourage, and it's not just a, a Godolphin, there are other yards that, that implement um, weight restrictions, albeit maybe slightly different to this. Uh, it can encourage um, work riders to fall foul of the techniques which some jockeys use to keep their weight down. Yeah, again, I'm not access to a yard. I think it's important to identify which roles that are available within yards, those that are work riders and those that aren't. But I say 10-7, I'd have to give it up riding for Godolphin, I was about eight. <laughs> yes. And it's hard, because you know, the, the natural physique of people and the staffing issue means that you don't want to be making that pool size even smaller. 
and and it's it, they have stressed that they're encouraging the the individuals uh, and the people to do it in the right way and and giving them access to um to, to local gyms and and making sure they they can do it in the way that we would hope but there are pressures at home inherently with with regard to this um i suppose you it, it's different in the jumps racing yard isn't it or slightly different yeah no it is um i, I can understand these flat lads wanting uh lighter people to be riding work now um but generally with us jump trainers, a, a big, strong, heavy lad, is <laughs> they're usually quite valuable. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not a problem that I have now. But I, c- I can understand now where the likes of good orphan are coming and they're very well-paid jobs. He's riding out jobs in these, the, 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 these big flat yards. Uh, and that is it as well. Good old orphan pay their staff very well, comparably well, to others. And again, there is welfare issues for two-year-olds while bone formation is still taking place that you don't want to be putting undue pressure in various places while their muscles and bones are still developing. But, um, yeah, maybe you're going to see a... Work riders for some and different roles for others. Yes, I think we've covered that. I won't ask you another question at the death, Ollie. Um, that was the uh, weight issue, um, and, and good often were publicised for that, for as I say, there are other yards involved. Um, Cheltenham, we are going to ask you about something to do with Cheltenham here, <laughs> which is, uh, I, it might, it's not, I don't think it's the Rooney's um, issue with Cheltenham. Okay. I want to ask you about the. I will just ask you about that. Um, they've said that they're going to, to. I think we've covered this before. Swerve Cheltenham, perhaps, with, with regard to going forward to the festival. But they, they, they were going to have a meeting, or there is a, a meeting coming forward um, with regards to whether they're going to have runners there. Um, it's a slight shame they, they're not. It seems. Yeah, it's a bit odd. It's a bit odd, really. I'm, I'm not fully aware of their concerns. It's entirely their right to run and. Trainers will make their things accordingly. They went and won the Skybet chase at the weekend with, with Go Conquer. Absolutely. But, but I, I think it's a little harsh on the one individual race course to, to target them. And um, with regard to what I was meant to be asking you about, which is the imbalance <laughs> at Cheltenham, and whether it skews the season or not, um, whether or not that the festival is, is actually the, the be-all and end-all, we touched upon this at the top of the show, um, is it a shame in some ways? And has it, over the years that you've been involved in racing, has it changed even more Cheltenham-centric, Ollie? I don't know. Listen, it's the Olympics of our sport. Um, every sport has an Olympics, whether it's an FA Cup final, win the Premier League or, or whatnot. And our, uh, our Olympics in, in jump racing is the Cheltenham Festival, and it's the, it's the biggest four days of the year. And... I think it's dead right to be sent around those four days, and uh, yeah, no, it, it is, isn't it? I mean, I love it. I, I love thinking yeah. about Cheltenham in, in in June, but it, perhaps it's not for everyone. Well, I don't so much that. I think it's the fact that um, because of the, the the profile of it, you can stop horses reappearing on a regular basis. You don't see the horses throughout the season, the really good horses. My day, the desert orchids, you know, not afraid to get beaten. Too often, that's the main concern for me. It's not that the four days are great, they absolutely are. But you don't see enough Paisley Parks running four times before Cheltenham. And have we not actually been a little bit blessed this season with regard to the, the, the excellent four-runner Tingle Creek we had, for example? We, we've, we've seen, I know Altior last week perhaps didn't provide that in a three-runner Clarence House. We've seen a bit more competition than we might have seen in previous years. Yeah, and quickly, maybe it, it might do England the world of good and... And, and, and British jump racing world is good to have something like the Dublin Mason Festival in England, which is going to tempt all these good mm. horses to run. That is it for this week's Talking Points. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai.